Hello and welcome to the very first Sims FC podcast. I'm your host, Kian. My hi. co-host, Ellis. I'm Ellis, there. say hi. Great, First big star, ready to the podcast, very professional. We are joined today by Ben, the Lussell captain, and Jim, the Falls captain. Glad to have you on, boys. Yeah, good to have you on, boys. Thanks, boys. Good to see you, boys. So, it's nice I've just roped in two boys I've lived with for the first podcast because couldn't find anyone else last minute. So that's cheers. it. Cheers, boys. Cheers, It's good, mate. Good it's good to <laughs> so yeah, so obviously, welcome to the first podcast. Um, but, uh, we're basically just putting this out there to try and talk about all things to do with Sims FC. So, but it's not just football, you know, everything to do with the club, you know, looking at other things and also uni life as well in general. Just having a general talk about uh, obviously things going on at the moment. So first of all, our main topic of discussions today, last season. Have a little think and this quickly talk now about what we did last season, some of the highs and some of the very lows, I think, in Jim's case. With the <laughs> don't, don't start with me. I've got, no, I'm going to have to build down for you, I think. Re- re- <laughs> the first week on the podcast. Yeah, first of all, main topic of last season. How did your teams do? And just what were your feelings overall on the season as well? I mean, Jim, if you want to go second. Uh, yeah, off, <laughs> off to you, Ben. You go first, mate. Go on. If, you know, I feel like you've got a lot to say in your one. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, uh, Lussell last year, um, it's this season so far, it's been weirdly all right in a way. We've had some games where it's, I like to describe it as, a bit like a Bayer Leverkusen, it's in a game where we lose, it's very clear. But in a game that we win, you're, you're guaranteed goals, you know, a, a good seven or eight goals. You can decide, you know, whatever scoreline you want from that. But yeah, we've, we've roped a few boys in as well to play for them. And I think this season we finished uh, obviously a bit early, but we ended up fifth, which is pretty much dead that's, mid-table. That's pretty decent considering that went on. But like yeah. said, describing a Lussell game was, I remember the tweet from Man City when they got smashed, I think it was 8-1 by Middlesbrough. And uh, they said about, and they tweeted out about their goal scorer who scored in a nine-game thriller. Like, you can't call it a nine-game thriller if you've just been bushwhacked 8-1. That's, you know, that's <laughs> you don't really call it a nine-game thriller either, do you? I suppose you call it a nine-goal nine goal thriller, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. We, uh... Also true. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, it's. it's... <laughs> See, I, I um, played for the fours last season. Jim was my captain, so I know exactly how last season went. Yeah. I, I, I think, I think it is that time. Oh, we all still want to hear about it. We really want to hear about it. <laughs> it is this time now, of course, where we now move on to the fours and we have to talk about this, I'm afraid. Um, Jim, yeah. I'll let you first of all open up with your thoughts on the season before I think <laughs> so. So, yeah, I mean, so I was made captain of the fours, um, and then so we had a tough season. Um, I don't, we, we didn't technically win a game throughout the season. Uh, we did have a couple draws throughout though, so we definitely improved. Um, oh, good. Good yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, huge, got... huge, huge draw. I remember that, huge draw. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we had some big games. Like we had some, we had we scored some good goals. To be fair, like we're, like some of the goals like we like conceded were like just absolute wonders, which you couldn't do anything about and stuff. And like we we definitely improved throughout the season. Definitely, like we we all like played together really well. We gelled together. And, like our chemistry sort of slowly built up. And I think like towards the start of the season, like we didn't know each other's strengths and weaknesses as well and things. So it was really tough for all of us, you know. We had like a mixture of quite a few sort of freshers involved, which was really good for those who so get involved and stuff. And it's it's good to have like even even if it was a bad season, it was good to like you know we learned from these mistakes. You know it was we we know what we need to improve on and stuff. Um, but it was it was it was a tough season. Yeah, how, how did you find it went, Kim? I mean, it started off quite patchy, I suppose. The chemistry wasn't quite there. We had a a lot of freshers, a lot of third years. But then yeah. I think as it went on, it, it did start to gel. And uh, James Cole, bless him, done his best with what he had. 
And I think it did start to pay off. Come towards the end of the season, I think, was it Greenwich at home who were fighting for the title? And what was the score? Mm. I think it was 2-all that game. And yeah, we, but, yeah we drew them 2-all. I think, I think I hit the post in the last minute. I don't know how I got up the pitch. Yeah, you did. That was it. <laughs> oh, but, yeah, no, I, I thought if we finished the season, I reckon we would have got a win at some point. <laughs> I think I think we definitely were done. I think like we were all we were all dead up for varsity. We were all like really up for that. Um, I think yeah, we think we missed out on just one, possibly two more games of our actual season, uh, which was the same. Yeah, because I think we were towards the end we were really improving. Like it did, it just took us time to like gel as a team. I think, um, but we had we had some really good we had some really good players. Like we had like um, Sean came in, he was a fresher and our goalkeeper. Like, he was like he was one of the like, loudest people out on the pitch. You know, shouting to all of us, talking to us, which was really good. Oh, um, Potter so. is one of just the he's just one of them goalkeepers as well who because of his voice alone it just reassures you in, in, in a back four do you mean just having that commanding voice back, as a goalkeeper you, you can see the whole game in front of you you're playing a yeah. back, you're playing a right mid You've, your main view is that channel or looking in on the pitch he can see everything behind he can see a striker's run and he actually talks he actually gives you that instruction so in yeah, fairness, to, uh, I just wish he had like a bit of a magic spell to you know fix yeah, it. You know, I was surprised he actually like went in the fours because I, I remember doing trials actually against him. Yeah, and it was mm. I can't lie. I, there were like chances I play up front, and the amount of times I was pretty much you know being like, oh, okay, I'm gonna go for it, and he's teleported in front of me. Like <laughs> he moves off his line. Like uh, he doesn't like to sit back, does he? He's always he's always ready for it. No, you can't play, you can't play with this. Oh, yeah. Obviously, the way the game is evolving, you know, which, we, which we can also talk about now, it, it's so important, like the way that Pep has brought to that English game. I mean, immediately disregarding Joe Hart after the Euros, who, yes, he had a poor Euros, but still could maybe be considered as one of the top 10 keepers in the world. You know, he, he, he was doing fantastic at City, but then because of maybe couldn't play with his feet as well as what Testegen and Bravo obviously were doing in Barcelona. Pep immediately discarded him, obviously then brought Bravo in and that was a, you know, that obviously didn't work. But and whilst we're, still, whilst we're on the topic of uh, Guardiola, we've got Wellis here. He, you are technically the Welsh Guardiola, are you? <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't. <laughs> yes, I agree with that. No, Jeremy, oh, I, that isn't going to leave him. Don't, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I, I love taking over Lesser, but like, we know what we're working with and we just try and just instill just a, a feeling of, oh, look, boys, let's just go out, enjoy a bit, you know, enjoy a game of football and work hard because at the end of the day, the quality can only come if you're willing to put in that effort and you know, we've had stories all throughout the year of boys who just pull out of football, can't be asked to play because they're not willing to put in that effort. And yet, they could have brilliant technical ability. You know, I'm not comparing boys like Abdel Tarat and like Ben Arthur because obviously they're another level, they're professional players. But you look at that yeah. attitude and you think what they could do for their uni team if they just had a better attitude <laughs> about them. So then when, yeah. I, when I came to manage the fours that one time because Cole was off doing things for his diss, that was that was the game we actually had a point. Not to take anything away from James. Yeah. He actually has the tactics. He has the mind. He has the qualification. <laughs> I just came in. I thought, right, I'll just go Tony Pulis mode. You see that bit <laughs> in the middle of the pitch? Cross that off. Get it there. End of the box. And just work your bollocks off for those around you. It's it was I, simple I think football. And we should have won that game. You know, it was, it was two. So two are, you, are you just trying to? Just, just to clarify, there, are you saying that you um you have the same amount of points, uh, managing the fours as J Cole has? No, no, J Cole has less. I have more. Oh, there you go. Sorry, just wanted to make that. I, I, saying, I, if you want, if you want Guardiola tactics, you go to James Cole. If you just want to play passion of football, you come to Wellis Klopp. Like, do you know what I mean? I Wellis Klopp. Just, just love football. Um, you know that. Mate, I did more work up and down the touchline than Kean did in that game. I swear, I was up and down. The <laughs> yeah, you don't really like to uh, stand still, managing. I have noticed that you were uh, yeah, just like yeah. the technical box. Do you know what I mean? For you, I was like, going to say, we'd be a bit in the bin if there was a box because I'd, be, I'd be sent to the stands. <clears throat> you were definitely the best dress manager, mate. Coming up in your shirt and tie. I was on my own. 100%. 100%. 
that's even just, when he had to play. I don't, I don't know. About, um, don't know if Mason would be too glad to hear that. He loved uh, managing the fives this year. Nah, you carry on. You know, he'll carry on. He'll do. You know, he'll do what he wants. <laughs> no, he's, he's a good lad. He's, he's done all right. Yeah, I've taken this Guardiola yeah, thing. Don't do me the sound like Harry Redknapp. It's like, oh, he's a good player, Benji. Great player. <laughs> No, oh. oh, fair play. You, it, uh, no, it was, it was a good pleasure to obviously take over you boys for that, for that game. If, if Conor Beale could finish his dinner, <laughs> it would be, you know, we could have won that game by so many goals. I think he missed a pen, didn't he? Yes, he did. did he, did he yeah, we, we aren't too good with pens. <laughs> yeah, I think we, I I think think we remember what happened that game. Did he, did he score like point blank range and miss a pen? Yeah. Or the pen and miss a sitter? Uh, he missed a pen and scored. I think he scored like. It was on like the half volley, shooting uphill. Oh, geez. yeah, definitely. That was it. Yeah. yeah. That was the whole one. Do you remember now? Say play to him. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Boys, if they also, as well, we, you know, we need to talk about stories, not just about the season in general, but also some stories off the pitch, which I think people are really yeah, interested yeah. about. <laughs> Sims FC, yes, obviously, we are a football club. We are. The biggest podcast for the biggest community, obviously, but we are we are more than just what happens on the pitch. We also things happen off it. So, what are the big talking points about having off the field for you guys? You think in your teams and also for what you thought about the club as well. Well, <laughs> I think uh, Lassell made it quite uh, made a big point of you know being a family this year, being quite a connected club, and as part of that. Uh, there were celebrations to be had a couple of nights out that people made sure they went on. Um, and some people kind of made sure their uh, their job role in the club was the same in the club, I suppose. Uh, we, had, we had Tony. Tony, someone who actually used to play for the Fours. So it's quite fitting for this. Um, he took his role really seriously. When he went into the club, he knew that he was a water boy um, going into it. He knew that his job was to uh, not only play on the pitch, but to really make sure all the boys are hydrated when it goes on. So he likes to take his shots as well. Um, he, he made sure he... How many, Wellis, was it? How many did he... I think, I think on the night, he, about, about, I think about eight or nine of us <laughs> eventually ended up in the club. A few of us from that FIFA tournament day we had were like just hammered. So only a couple of us actually ended up in Viper. And next thing you know, a couple of minutes in, we turn around and there's Tony at the bar buying about... 20 to 30 Sambuca shots for us all. And I, I'm not good with maths, right? But, you know, about 30 Sambuca shots between eight people. And I ate Sambuca as well. I ate licorice, like. So for me, that was, that was my idea of hell, like. And the next thing you know, we're now off in the middle of the dance floor and he's walking over about nine bottles of water as well on top. Cradling <laughs> like a baby. That's literally it. The- like, cradling them in his arms, like, my boys, who wants water? Who wants water? Who wants water? <laughs> Oh, look at him. You know, he's, lost, he's lost his head. I was like, Tony, what the hell are you doing buying bottles of water? You know, in Viper. If they were VKs, I'd take them off your hand. But I've never seen <laughs> someone walk with so much bottle thinking that they've just done the maddest thing in the world. <laughs> yeah, just cradling and- these bottles of water thinking, oh, I, I want to know what went through his head when he was buying them. Because they went through. He, no, well, these, these are bottles of water that you can He literally turned and told me, saying like, oh, I just heard someone say, get, get some water. <laughs> and usually get some water <laughs> means you know a couple gallons so he's walked over oh. and I just, I'd love to know just what, what went through his head in that mind of like oh, the boys are gonna fucking love this they're gonna they're gonna be amazed they're gonna love it like <laughs> <with> water <laughs> and to be fair it turned into a massive El Rondo in the yeah, middle of Viper we, we, put, we, put eight, <laughs> we put eight down on the speaker just picked one up and literally just had a game just had a Rondo going the next thing you know, about half the dance floor is getting involved. We're doing pass and move. I, I, <laughs> I think there is a video where you can hear someone going, follow your pass, follow your pass. <laughs> Just some poor girl. <laughs> some poor girls joined in. <laughs> Me and Northern Joe Wicks in Cowley Hills were literally just yelling out, follow your pass. And then Cowlin <laughs> in the middle and he gets megged on the, on the first pass. I <laughs> I think that should happen next season. Football corner yeah, in Viper, a big rondo. Just huge rondos. Has anyone taken a football into Viper? No, they take they take it off you. You can't you can't even take the the, the um 
inflatable guns and that when we do army social. Oh, what? Mm. <laughs> yeah, so they're like, uh, going to allow a football in the corner, are they? <laughs> <laughs> we improvise, though. We, we get round it. Muscle paving the way for new ways. Jim, what's your highlight of the season off the pitch? Because there's not much on the pitch. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's not a lot on the pitch, if I'm honest. I mean, I, I didn't get to score a goal myself, so a bit of a disappointment, really. Um, a lot off the pitch. I mean, we had some good times. Like, like we really jolted the team off the pitch. Like, we still, we still all had fun at training and stuff. Um, yeah. I think like, we, had, we had fun on away days, doing the old, the, the fresher factor. That's, that's always good. Um, on the first away day back, that's always a good laugh with the boys. Um, we had a, yeah, a few good away days to be fair, which was good. Um, and just to be fair, yeah, it was like we all joined as a team and just got closer towards the end of the season, so it was really gutted, it got cut short really because I think we were all just gonna be having a really good night's out and stuff. But that's oh well, we go again. Looking at the fours team, if you would, if it was like you had started the, the season, probably. A cu- like, like quite a couple of games in obviously for example say if your season had magically yeah. started in February when yeah. your team was actually gelled it looked like you could have gone on to actually do you know do some things like because you know I, I noticed it, it was, there was a bit more of a collective attitude coming towards the end than at the start I think I don't know whether or not that's because of the situation you found yourselves in what do you think actually then changed I think, I think to be honest, it was weird. So, if I'm honest, throughout the season, we actually lost four players. So, we had four players who joined us at the start of the season. And throughout the season, they all dropped out. Obviously, we lost um, Tony Tullussell. Mm. Um, we had one, um, one drop down to the fifths, one go up to the thirds, and one sort of just like, it was sort of like a mutual agreement that he wouldn't play for us again. Um, so, like, we had a few characters which had, we had, like, like, you know, they had, like, sort of, like, one of them just had, like, some big egos and stuff, and they sort of clashed, and in training, people were getting a bit frustrated with that, I feel, sometimes, they wouldn't necessarily listen, or it's only, mainly one, to be fair, they just wouldn't listen, and as soon as, to be fair, they were sort of out of the team, I think that's when we sort of actually started to gel as a team, but then we were all really good close mates. Mm. Um, we just we just worked better as a team slightly without those players. They they found themselves and they did better in the other teams. I think Elijah went up to the thirds, and to be fair to him, he's, he's he started regularly for them. So fair play, he did well yeah. for them. He's a good player. Um, I think um, Edson, we had like just a bit of agreement with just James Cole, but as, when he moved down to the he moved down to fifth, I think. Um, and I mean, sort of started playing regularly for them. To be fair, as well, so, amongst the pigeon, uh, I thought they amongst the pigeons rather. James Cole trying to shag Connor Beale's misses is, uh, <laughs> I, I think, I think a personal <laughs> highlight. I completely agree with what you're saying. It can literally take that one player to kind of mess up a whole team's kind of yeah. attitude. You can look at him and just think, you know, he's got all this talent and bit. Ability, but like if he can't be asked, mm. what's the point? I mean, because he, he could be a type of person to pull us out of a rut. I was watching, yeah, 100%. I was watching the last after the Michael Jordan documentary on um, Netflix, and they talked about the 1992 Olympics and going there and how Isaiah <laughs> Thomas was cut from the team, even though he was an all star, brilliant player, fantastic point guard, probably one of the best around at the time, easily. But he wasn't involved in the Olympic team purely because of his attitude. So many fallings mm. out with so many players in the league. And it's fully, yeah. you know, it's fully understandable. Yeah. How an do you think that was, um, someone, Jim? You know, it was your first year being a captain. Do you think that took a bit of time to kind of like get used to? Because it, it came down to you, I suppose, mm. to be the one to make that decision to really make yeah. it clear that you were in charge in the team. You didn't want any bad attitude with it. Do you think that was kind of? How did you find out being a captain with it? Yeah, I mean, 100% from the off, I'd say, I'd say I struggle as a captain, personally. I think I, I myself, I think you boys probably know, I'm not one to sort of have a go at boys, you know, tell them what to do. That's not really within my nature sort of thing. Well, you I think as a captain, you do need to have that sort of, um, you need to have a bit of authority, which I probably lack a little bit, which is what is good for me. You know, I learned a lot this season. Um, but, you know, we, when there was like, yeah, troubles messing around, I sort of struggled to think, you know, what, what am I meant to do here? Do I need to tell them off? Do I need to just have a word with them or something? So I think it was a little bit difficult, yeah. But I think, like, it was good for me. Yeah, I, I, I definitely learned a lot from the season. Um, I was going to say, do you think it was because def- you've definitely got a voice on the pitch? 
Like you've you're one of the people that I think it's quite well known for <laughs> I, I your voice changing. Yeah, voice <laughs> changed so much. It's like him talking off the pitch. He's one of the loveliest guys you'll ever meet. Lovely soft voice. <laughs> go on the pitch and it's like his balls have dropped every time. a huge difference in in a vocal cords. It, it definitely seems I mean, to go deeper. Yeah. Yeah. No, a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. I remember playing. Uh, I played a game for the fifths um, last like last season. Um, I think it was Portsmouth because all three of us were there. The, yeah, the house we all played floor. together. Um, and it was my first game playing with Jim. <laughs> like, like, I think you'd played with him already, El. But yeah. um, oh, that that was, I, I was seeing that. Was that was also in the only point of fifth side that season as well, wasn't it? Or the only clean sheet. <laughs> it was the only clean sheet oh, no, that no. they had that season as well. Oh. And it was a back three. Because Adriano yeah, we, was so funny. Yeah. It was a back three of me, you and Charlie Cahill. And that's it, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm thinking of, yeah, I think this was a, a slightly different one. This was when um, <laughs> we had an egg ball guy help us play goal, which, my God, never, never again. Oh, it was but, a, um, yeah. president's, wasn't it? What was his name? Uh, oh, yeah, it was but, last year's, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, the so is it so I can't remember what it was now, but like Dan or something. But um, yeah, yeah he he helped out, and um, <laughs> I remember I was playing in midfield, and <laughs> so behind me I think it was you and Luke Hickman or something, and then yeah, I so yeah, yeah me, and then L was a fullback as well, and I was just thinking in my head, I heard this noise, and I was trying to work out who it was, because I <laughs> <laughs> it freaked me out. I was thinking, Luke don't look like the type to make that noise. <laughs> I'm looking at Chris, so it's not him. It's definitely not Ellis. It, like, it, it wasn't a Welsh scream. Like, <laughs> I didn't need it translated to me when it was screamed, so I knew it wasn't a Ellis. Um, and then I actually saw your mouth move when the noise came out of it. And I, it took me a minute. It really did. I was kind of, I'm glad no one passed it to me for a good like 10 seconds there, because it was... I was stunned. <laughs> Yeah, my voice seems to go a lot deeper. I think, like, but no, you've, got, you've got to be loud on the pitch, haven't you? Like, you've got to make sure everyone hears you and stuff. It's like, you know, you've got to make that's sure. That's why I thought you'd be quite. A, I mean, to be fair, I do think you are quite a good captain, but I, I thought that's like it was like a shoe in for it <laughs> because you go near it's a pitch. It's definitely a and help having, a, having a, like, a, a big voice. If you can have a big voice on the pitch, you know, when you've got you know twenty two boys running around the pitch shouting to each other, you've got to be louder than everyone else, which is why like mm. I'm personally like to be loud, and that's why I've really rated Sean as well, being loud at the back as a goalkeeper, having good views and everyone. Him yeah. being loud and shouting for everyone is like so useful and like helpful for everyone on the team, you know. Yeah, well, you know, there's there's the way of like the keeper is obviously going to see everything kind of a lot easier, especially where yeah. players want to be. So having a loud keeper can. Like it can change mm. a whole game. Like, I mean, well, you've gone in goal a couple of times. Yeah, no, I've, I've, played, five foot... I've played in every position for Sims FC, and I can tell you now, I've never. <laughs> been, I've played up. I've played all the way up to the threes as well, and I've never been more out of my depth than when I played. I think I played right back for the threes. I only played twenty minutes. Cause I was I was only a sub that day, but then um, can't remember who it was, but it got injured about. Yeah, about 70 minutes in, in the game and I, I came on to finish it and, oh, God, I got absolutely rinsed, got destroyed. Ball was knocked past me so many I was going to say, it's, it's a different level of fitness, I think, the higher you go up. Not just the pace, well, I've never been blessed with pace. Like, I mean, I've always liked the thought last year I was quite in good fitness, but, do you know what I mean, just the pace of it, I can never match, just ever. It, it, mm. it is really obvious when you go up the, throughout the league, uh, throughout the teams, to be fair. And I think that is something for for a lot of freshers that are coming into playing uni football. I remember James Cole, because obviously I'm second year, but this was my first year playing football. Mm. And I remember James Cole banging on about it at the start of the season in training. Like the intensity is so much higher in uni football. And I was I was sort of thinking, yeah, yeah, like it can't be that different. <laughs> my God, I'm blowing off. The five minutes is, is ridiculous. Like every single ball has got to be perfect. They're on your touch every single. Like it's it's a completely different ball game than just playing Sunday league. So I think for 
for freshers, the freshers, for freshers coming in next season, they need to adapt that quickly. Well, it, I, I still don't understand how as well, because everyone, like, pretty much every player in the first team, I'm pretty sure goes out on a Wednesday. Um, I'm sure they don't mind me saying that. But um, <laughs> and it's not like they're going out drinking water. They're no Tony Burley. But they, no, they are drinking. <laughs> but their fitness is insane. So it's fair play that they can keep that up. But you wouldn't your think fit, it. Your fitness has to be so much higher, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, oh, but even like Lusso. Why do you think like, me and Ben have found our ground at Lusso, mate? <laughs> <laughs> hey, with the, with the Lusso first team, remember that? That's yeah, the, uh... yeah, we are the St. Mary's Lusso first. <laughs> that is very oh. true. Well, boys, as you know, things are greater than just Sims FC. There's a lot going on in the world right now. Obviously, you've got all the stuff in America regarding George Floyd and how that's probably impacted the rest of the world and changed how the world views certain stuff today. You've also got coronavirus, which is still ripping through the world. That's having a massive part on day-to-day life for everyone. And while 2020 has been... It's been a massive year in terms of bad stuff happening to the world, I suppose. What are your thoughts on the year so far? Uh, I, think, I think it's been like such a big year. Like I think like, ev- like everyone, no matter your sort of, you know, no matter your sort of background or, you know, where you come from, you're, everyone's being affected, aren't they? Regardless. Um, so I think everyone's, I think everyone's had to like, adapt their lives, haven't they, at the moment? You know, we've all, a lot of, a lot of boys um, have sort of come home from uni early. Um, they've moved back home and things. Um, you know, we're not able to see our close families at the moment, you know, because of obviously all the risk and things, which is obviously fair enough. And it's, I think we've just all had to adapt massively. And also, quite, it also came across quite quickly. Because I know we were in uni and, it, you know, it wasn't, we didn't really pay much attention to it. And I think... It was just like within a week, it was suddenly like, oh, you know, lectures are cancelled, you know, and it, that was it sort of thing. So it was pretty, it's pretty big to be found. I think everyone's going to have to adapt, aren't they? And it's just, yeah, we're all being affected, like, regardless of your situation, really. Yeah, I, I do agree with that. It literally was just, <laughs> I remember, I think me and Jim, we, uh, we went to a lecture <laughs> and uh, our lecturer just turned around and said, you know, just in case, uh, you know, it might happen. But here's an on. We might be doing online lectures, and we were like, "Yeah, yeah, we'll see." Yeah, right. uh, and then the next lecture was online. So <laughs> stuff like that. It, it all, everything is coming about quickly because obviously with um, everything going on with Corona and everything in America, it's there, obviously there is no warning to it, and it is, you know, obviously still going on at the same time. So it's, yeah, it's definitely we're half a <laughs> we're halfway through the year. And we have had at least 10 years worth of stuff all just, all just going on. And it's, I think, an important thing to say. So I've just seen, um, I've seen a lot of, um, obviously, with Instagram uh, uh, doing the Blackout Tuesday and constant stories just showing, this is more about the George Floyd situation, but showing on how you can educate yourself and use this time to uh, learn more about it and, everything like that obviously just a quick mention to uh the petition that is going around at the minute that's uh it's going to be i think it's Definitely. on the sims fc uh instagram yeah, we, as well it's on, yeah it's also it's on the social chat but we'll put it obviously into um i was gonna say i think the amount of time they've shared the link at least once by now anyway but it yeah. will be it's going to be active on there but uh the petition's a key thing to sign but one of my favorite points that i've seen kind of from it is the whole 2020 everyone's saying oh it's a wasted year and it's all gone like that but it's actually when you look at I know it's not exactly the fun (laughs) that we were all expecting a summer to be but I think it's definitely at least if we can use it as a bit of learning from it because if if this does go well and we can actually push through it it can change everything And I think that's kind of the main thing as well. Is when obviously how people, those people have dealt differently in lockdown. I mean, the amount of Zoom quizzes that I think I've done with like family and friends over this time. I mean, all I've done is I've like, all I've done really is drink and <laughs> do quizzes with people. Do you know what I mean? So it's good, especially, you know, we've still obviously got the technology to bring us all together. But, you know, I admire people who then use this opportunity to like really catch up on themselves and, you know, reorganize things 
uh, for themselves. And obviously, again, like, you know, keep up fitness. Like, I think it's so important where I know we keep plugging the Lustle thing, but generally, I, I just think it just, just in terms of it in general, how important it is to just keep in touch with, you know, your mates and teams and just keep doing like team workouts and things like that. Because, you know, it's your only opportunity really you're going to be in touch with, you know, the boys for maybe a while. You never know with everything that's going on. And also, an opportunity to keep your fitness up as well. Yeah, I can't stress the importance of it. Like I said, mate, I would have gone mad because I'm obviously I'm still in the house. If I wasn't chatting with uh, the Lussell boys, obviously a Wednesday and a Saturday for the workouts, um, I'm 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 trying to make sure I'm chatting to people pretty much like most days. But having that guaranteed Wednesday and Saturday time and the fitness is great. Obviously, like um, it's all needed. That's what we were saying about next year, but just keeping contact with people i feel like is the most important thing that we've needed and it's you know at least for me that's what i've found just chatting with someone doesn't matter if it's the same person or whatever but like chatting with people on a regular basis has just made obviously it definitely easier but it's, it's no easy ordeal but it's definitely it's made easier by people around you and it, it's easy to do it's not <laughs> difficult to chat to someone uh we have phones we have everything so it's you know, you can call someone and just make their day better quite easily through this. As well, um, obviously your thoughts with, um, you know, lockdown coronavirus as well, like how are you coping? Because obviously I know you're from Isle of Man as well, so I bet that, that's going to help me. So, first thing first, I'm from the Isle of Wight, just going to get clear of the air there. Very <laughs> <laughs> hills. I, I didn't think people actually came from there. I just thought people go there. I, I think I'm like one, <laughs> one of the only few that go to the uni from the Isle of Wight. Yeah, but there, there, there's a few of us. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah. things are definitely like a little bit <laughs> down here compared to like uh, in London and just everywhere else in England. I feel like it's a little, been a little bit different. Um, obviously, we're still like seeing like, so with the coronavirus situation, we're still like seeing cases and stuff. That's been on the rise. I think we've started, we've even started to sort of hit our like decline now um but like um it, it was pretty like scary like even coming back here you know they're getting prepared and they're getting like all these extra places in, involved and stuff and you think you know i came back here thinking it'd be a bit calmer but it's still been pretty crazy and obviously everyone's a little bit cautious and everything um everyone's been, i think everyone's being like quite sensible like the, the the beaches last week when it was warm they weren't sort of packed so i think people are still sort of taking the advice they still sort of know it's quite um you know it's still a serious matter obviously so it's pretty definitely serious um and then also with the um with the like the black lives matter um situation that's been huge even down here so like i think that was huge on social media and we had like our own protest there there was a like a little not a protest but there was like um there was like a gathering of people they were all they were all like really sensible they're all sort of like socially distancing they had um loads of, like uh, they, most people were wearing masks and things and like to have that, you know, it's come from America, that started off in America, to have that happen, you know, we're, we're campaigning about that here on the Isle of Wight, just shows, like, how big that has come, I think, because we're quite a small island in comparison to, like, you know, definitely America and the world, really, so for us to sort of care about things like that, it's really good to see people on the island sort of caring about things like that, so it's really good to be fair, but yes, it's definitely been a change with the whole situation, it's been it's been tricky. I've I've been very lucky. Of you know, count my blessings. I've been able to get a job um, at Morrison's. Um, sort of like my mum and dad are still been working throughout, so that's been quite useful. To be fair, just stacking shelves, doing nights at Morrison, so it does the job. To be fair, and obviously you know allows me to sort of still like help out really. So yeah, it's been definitely a big change, mate. But it's it's been alright. Yeah, just like we're also talking about the whole um, uh, uh, Black of Tuesday, so on the Black Lives uh, Matter movement. Like, like mm. Jeff, Jamie, I've had people like from uni message me like, oh, Ellis, you like feel like you suffer with racism in, in terms of obviously you know, being from Wales, you know, different nationality. And mm-hmm. yeah, people like, like joke about and say like, oh, like sheep shagger and that to me, which like, but like, end of the day, I shrugged that off. That's, you know, that's, that's banter. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not, it's not, you know, it's not really vicious. And like, I'm more than happy to give it back to you, like Rose wearing turds as well. Like, you know I mean, I'm not, not a huge fan of you guys either, but. You know, that, that's that's all banter. It's nothing. It's nothing compared to them when I'm literally being ridiculed out of jobs. I'm being persecuted because I'm from Wales, and I don't mean like persecuted like oh banter. You know, George Floyd lost his life. There's a huge difference. Uh, I think I think Dara Brian tweeted this week that I think the reason why 
he was um and you know even under of any form of arrest to begin with was because he handed i think it was it was like a fraud note a fraud 20 dollar bill yeah and there was also Sarah Brian said like when when he did that in Ireland he, he obviously handed it over and the guy behind the counter had a joke with him and had a laugh and said oh mate this is fake i can't accept this and yeah they had to go through the whole process thing of it to, you know if, if he was trying to obviously fraud someone or not but it was all done in good jest because obviously it was accidental it, it, yeah i think it's important to kind of recognize it's ridiculous the power and the brutality that they can they can exercise in, in america it's, it's I, interesting i think what it's caused is it sparked something across the whole world now and it's about time something changed and personally i'm a big believer and if you want to see change you have to do something to get that change and with these protests around the world i feel it is a step in the right direction to something that should have been done years ago and i think i speak for myself and i speak on behalf of the whole club that we stand alongside anyone that is protesting anything anyone that does want change 100%. we stand alongside them we're not one club we are one human race essentially and everyone deserves to be treated the same yeah. it's it's not fair and more has to be done and whether it is i know there's a global pandemic going on right now but you have to you have to some things are bigger than that you have to go out you've got a protest whether it's you're getting i know i know people are gathering in Hyde park together not socially distancing but you've got to see where they're coming from things have to change whether it's, it's a pandemic a or not situation it's, it's to juggle yeah it, it's deeper than a pandemic it's mm. it's got to change yeah yeah because i think yeah the most important bit is i know it's george floyd happened to be the the kind of straw that broke the camel's back with everything, but this hasn't just this isn't a one-off situation like a this whole th- yeah this whole thing isn't just for this one case. It has been going on for years, and I mean, I, I mean, I, I won't go into too much detail about it. But if you want to look into the the um the police that were directly involved and look at their I suppose it should be called a criminal history, but this their the history of what they've done is it's put on there, but they've been in multiple accounts of it before. And it's just something that's there's, there's so many things I, I could probably go on, but it's everything's able for you to find. on, uh, like I said, on Instagram, everyone's sharing these stories and it has been one of the, of, I know obviously Corona's a horrible thing to happen, but from us being indoors and having more time on our hands for some, I know obviously there are a lot of people working for it, but, a lot of people are stuck in this situation of, oh, what do I watch on Netflix? What do I do? They're trying to find stuff with their day. This could not have happened. And this is why I'm, it feels weird to say happy, but I'm happy it's now sparking. I'm happy people are talking about it because it is a good time. Yeah. Yeah. But but this is a great time for it because um, the amount of people sitting at home who can now look on Instagram and just see, I mean, stuff I'm seeing, um, it's a bit of a, um like stuff on netflix that will help you uh educate yourself about i think it's one's called the 13th um uh, when, there's when, a lo- when they see us is another good one yeah that that was one of the five i'm, tr- I'm trying to remember because i'm going through quite a lot of the stuff and it all just kind of you look at it at the moment but i'm trying to remember everything i think um, it must come down to educating yourself yeah mm. people need yeah. to educate themselves or they're going to be stuck in the same mentality that we were in two weeks ago. Definitely. Mm. So I think, is correct me if I'm wrong, I think obviously with the, the, like the other police officers who stood by and did nothing during that situation, they've also been arrested now, I think. Yeah, they I have, think yeah. That, yeah, I think that's so true. Like, If you stand by, and in this situation, if you're happy to just sit back and let it happen, or you don't want to do anything because it doesn't interest you, you're, you're almost part of the problem, I feel, because, you know, you, you should mm. want to stand up and you should want to help this situation, you know. If you, if you do nothing, it's case, almost as bad as, it's just as bad, really. It's not even mm. to be like, say, like, oh, you're, you're an active like, member of the movement. It's just basic mm. human decency. Yeah. yeah. You I, don't I, have to... Human standards. We, we are, like Ian said, we are one race. We're the human race. Yeah. Signing a petition isn't difficult, for one. <clears throat> that, that's an easy one you can do already. That helps you yeah. go through with it. 
the um the post in a picture as well obviously if you're going to post a picture make sure you sign a petition there was yeah, far well, more posts on instagram than petition signings but yeah. you know but that's easy enough to do and then the rest of it even if you did none of that obviously the petition's very important but even if you did none of that and you're just reading about it you're helping you're helping mm-hmm. in this situation because that's if you're not right. changing anybody else's life you're changing yours yeah. and you're making yourself more aware of it because one of the main things i think people are getting educated on or at least one of the ma- more important ones i want to hear what you guys think mainly just about the you know the thing about the all lives matter going around yeah. i think one of the best things that i've seen to simplify that into the most basic way is the um the instagram post or the a lot of these i've seen on instagram but uh the the little message which is saying if you're on a street with 10 houses on and house number one is on fire and house number 10 isn't on fire if suddenly you everyone starts going oh we need to get some water to put house number one out if house number 10 then goes where's the water for my house it's basically saying that it's black lives matter now because no then it's not equal yet nice. once everyone's on the same starting line yeah that's when we can live in a world where all lives matter but for now it, it isn't it's like it, it yeah but it, it boils it down it's quite difficult to say because in theory all lives matter sounds amazing and but the real breaking down of it is that it's it isn't doable yet you need to make everything the same before everything can be the same. Yeah. I may have waffled there a bit, but... It's like... Yeah. I saw a thing that said, we said Black Lives Matter. We never said only Black Lives Matter. Yes. We, we yeah. know all lives matter. We just need your help for Black Lives are in danger, which, you know, which is true. Like, I, I hate the people who have jumped on the bandwagon of all lives matter, to make it about themselves. And like, that's not the point. That's yeah. what the protest is. I, I, I it's, you know, the protest because, is about, uh, about equality. And like, like you said, you don't have the equality in order to be like, oh, yeah, but all lives matter. Because that's just putting a sick twist on it. Well, then, if you're promoting... Well, that's the privilege. Matter, that, that's what comes in there. That's the, the ignorance that does come with privilege. And, and that's, that's what comes with I've been learning. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Educating yourself is just huge, isn't it? Well, it's amazing how little of like... Because with me not even realising, just going on Instagram and just flicking through stories, subconsciously, I'm learning then. Because the amount of posts that I'm seeing, like that one resonated with me quite a bit. Because, I mean, I mean, it shows definitely, you know, with everything going on, that post about, you know, the house on fire and everything like that made it so simple in my mind that there could be no confusion with it. And the fact that just little posts like that are being thrown about hopefully that can affect a lot of people in the sense of it's not saying nobody you know they are more important than anybody else it's trying to make everybody the same that's the whole point the the part of the show which i'm most looking forward to ask hashtag little hashtag there hashtag ask wellis this is the part of the show where you send in your questions statements jokes whatever you want you send it into wellis wellis reads it and gives them the best answer possible that sound right yeah that's perfect so yeah guys if you want to get in touch for next time we do this it is askwellis at gmail.com and literally like he had said send in you know any funny stories you've had from the season gone any questions you want to obviously ask when we have different guests on and you know just, just to be involved with Evan. so first question we've got is now this is a little bit harsh because obviously we've got mainly football uh, on the show today but we've got a question here which was which was the better league title the football twos <laughs> or the futsal ones oh oh i mean you know what what a question it, i can't i can't really say a lot on this because I was actually there for when Futsal won their game against Brunel. That I, it, was the and, and I think the circumstances... I mean, yes, obviously, both teams had their seasons to go through and to put them into the position that they were in. But for me, the twos... Because of their kind of dominance in the league, 
that is de- obviously definitely pra- should be praised, and you know, fantastic. But I think they, won, I think they, I, I might correct me if I'm wrong. I apologize if it is, but I think they won the title when it was out of their hands because of results of other teams. For me, mm. watching that futsal ones game and that monumental, I will add, <laughs> comeback against hashtag fuck Brunel. <laughs> <laughs> And just honestly, seeing their heads completely go and drop after a couple of goals and seeing Joe come on for 17 <laughs> seconds to just go in goal, concede a penalty and then come straight back up to class himself as a league winner. <laughs> just because I think that's personally there. Futsal has taken that league win for me. Obviously, what do you boys feel? Oh, I mean, you had me on FaceTime because I was back home working (laughs) when that happened. I remember you had me on FaceTime because I was like, someone someone needs to call. Like, even if I don't see the whole game, little segments I need to see because it was so hyped up. It was so big. I think for the twos, like you said, it was amazing, but it did feel like a bit of a Man City a couple seasons ago where it was like, all right, yeah, we know they're going to win. Or Liverpool. Liverpool coming this year for for Chrissy Hickmart and Will Will Sneeze. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll go for a Liverpool this season. Uh, it did kind of feel a bit like, okay, we know they've won it. You kind of, it was a le- less of a shock, but then with futsal in the way they did it, 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 oh, it was exciting. Like I saw a hall erupt over a phone. Like <laughs> I was <laughs> saying, never... with, with futsal, it's always the atmosphere. Like they always get mm. such a big crowd there, and obviously in that hall when. When you when they win, it's just such a good atmosphere there. Like it's huge, isn't it? Like L, you were there. Like it it must have been buzzing with people. Like it must have been so good. I mean, it it says something when Alex Turnbull was like coming along, saying like, guys, you can't storm onto the court because you know, <laughs> we will cancel varsity. We'll cancel varsity, and then it's as if you're oh. predicting powers because no more. <laughs> <laughs> like, because people went on the court. Alex Turnbull released. Turnbull. <laughs> okay, no, that's... Yeah, you can't say. Well, I, I think. Uh... <laughs> I think Futsal has taken that. Is that a 3 0? All three of you have gone for Futsal there. Yeah, that's just I think just doing what if I, if I was a member of the twos, I'd obviously say the twos is better because of how they did, of the fashion in which they won the league. But I think in terms of coming down to the game and the atmosphere of the game, and yeah, just the whole way it played out for me, I think Futsal's clinched it for me. Yeah. I think, I think the twos that, will be quite happy with <laughs> the way yeah. we've said it as well. Yeah, they've won a league anyway. The final game is an obvious throwaway. They had like four lesser boys playing for them. <laughs> and James Cole, James Cole won the twos, their title. Yeah, oh. mate, Jay Cole was there with the twos, <laughs> wasn't he? <laughs> Shock, can do bugger over the team he's actually in charge of. All right. We've got another question as well. This one um, doesn't really apply to Lussell because obviously me and Ben have been running the show a bit and maybe it doesn't really apply to Jim either, but maybe it applied to him last year. What is your opinion on Go For Goal as a company in regards to their success and therefore also their lack of success throughout the squads? <clears throat> I'll open to you guys first. I think, I think, actually no, go on, Jim, we'll start with you because I think You've had probably the most experience dealing with a go-for-goal coach. I've probably had the most experience in, like, in losses. Yeah, I'll take that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, so last, so last year we had, um, we had um, Adriano, I believe it was. Oh, what, what, what? Um, that was from go-for-goal for the fifths. And, um, yeah, that, that wasn't, like, he left... He left um, Sort of, I think with like a, couple, a, few, a few games to go. I think we had two games to go, and he sort of left, and we never heard back from him. So I think what did, I was what a bit, I was a bit say? odd, really. What did he say? Because I heard a thing where he just went to like Jonesy and I and just said, "Look, it's not working. I'm going." Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. I think he, yeah, he went to Jonesy and sort of said, "Look, it's, yeah." He literally sort of just announced he was leaving because Jonesy came to us and said, "Obviously, a bit disappointed that he didn't want to like work with him or work with us and try and find a solution," which we would have been up for, I think. Yeah, exactly. but I think with like, yeah, we're just with with all the defeats and things, he just felt wasn't going anywhere, and it was just a little bit disappointing. Where yeah, the way he left without even sort of like speaking to us openly, I think. Yeah. So obviously, you um, yeah. <laughs> negative. That was a go for goal then, haven't you? Sorry, 
So obviously you've had quite a negative experience with using GoForGoal. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I've probably seen like I've probably I've probably personally seen like more of the back end of it. Yeah, like you know, last year I didn't win many games for the fifths. This year for the fours, I didn't win a game at all. So I didn't didn't even get the bounce this year, which I was really disappointed about. But I've still got one more year to go. So could have had a couple of bounces. Ah, yeah, oh, I know, mate. You know, thanks to Toby's dad, we do have the footage. <laughs> oh yeah, Toby's dad decided to film everything but the bounce when we won. He took a view of his feet at one point as well. Real, almost a lost win. But um, yeah, I mean, I mean, to be fair, obviously, I don't, obviously, I'm played for any of the other teams, but I think go for golf. Definitely seen some success. I think before it sounds, it's this sounds really bad, but I think before we came, they like they had won like three of they had like won three leagues or something or they'd done really well hadn't they before we come in and then like we came in as freshers and then like we didn't you do trying to, uh, well. what are you trying to say there Jim no because they still see success which is good I mean they, they, yeah, they see both success and failures which I think is part of football you know they're never, if you're with, with five six teams sorry you're never going to get success throughout all six teams you're going to you're going to get some losses and you just got to learn from them, really, you know. Don't see them as negative experience all the time, you know. We just got to learn from mistakes, really. Yeah, exactly. Mm. That's the thing with university football. There, there is just so many changes throughout the years because you can have, mm. you know, a, a, a team where everyone's in their first year. They make up most yeah. of the team. They can win a league <coughs> or something. Like you look at James Cole, obviously with Charlie Cannon, um, and, and how they won the Saturday League. You know, they mm. won that league then for the next two years. <coughs> A lot of them have then obviously gone on and either gone to play for the Wednesday teams, or they've yep. just left, or they've left uni. So it's hard to keep a you know like a squad. So you see, you got you got a new batch of players coming in, and everyone's different. Everyone's got those different traits, and it's not mm. like being a proper team where you have your select group of players for maybe three, four years, with maybe the odd person being added in. Even like a Sunday league, I mean, it's mainly your mates you're playing football with, mm. and you're mm-hmm. sticking together for quite a period of time, like. Whereas with you, yeah, you've got at least four or five new players every single year. Four or five new players mm. leaving the door every year. Yeah, yeah. yeah I and think the uni's the, thing, the most think... chop and change. Mm. Yeah, of, I remember saying this. I think to, it might have been you, El, but saying about with Lussell how we've got a team of freshers pretty much yeah, this everyone, year. Like, darted in here and there, yeah. some others, but we even then uh, the team we're in, the freshers do well. They might move up. They might move teams. You never know, but. The whole team changes on at least a three-year basis. So I think I, I've not had a, uh, a go-for-goal coach, so I'd, I don't really know. But in uni, surely the coach is the most important part of it. Because I think Jonesy's had some good success, and he's been here a while, hasn't he? Yeah, definitely. I think he has. And I think I think you're, I think you've hit a spot on. Like, it, like every year, a uni team will change. Like, you know what I mean? Like, even like I've gone from the fifth to the fours in one in one year. So, like every year. The whole team's changing, so the coaches have to adapt their whole style. They have like, you know, we don't have much of a pre-season really. We get a few pre-season training sessions, but not much. So the the coaches don't have a lot of time to get to know their players. So it, I think they're up against it from the off. So to to find success with teams and make them gel quickly, which in university football, as we spoke about, you know, they're under so much, you know, you're under pressure so much quickly. The intensity is so much higher. You've got to gel quickly. You know, you've got to, you've got to work together hard. So I think it's it's tough. I think it's tough for the coaches. So to see success and failures is probably expected, really. Half the time you notice as well, they don't even have their own squad on a match day. I mean, like, like I said before, I've played yeah. like, it's filling in for boys who aren't there. Like, yeah, that's yeah, I, 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 I can't remember his yeah. name, but sorry for the guy who's in charge of the threes looking at me, you know, as his bench option. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so, like, it was grateful I was there to make up numbers, but it was more of a case of, right, we've got to start 11, and if someone's broken their leg, only then you're coming on. Do you know what I mean? So. <laughs> Another another question as well we've got in is um, quite a good one actually. Because obviously, Jim, you touched on this in terms of uh, talking about preseason. Um, it literally asks: in preseason, do you get any targets for the season? So obviously, we talked to you know leading on from the go for goal coaches. Um, it's diff- it was different for us. Obviously, uh, for, for me being in charge for the first time uh, of something this year, I literally said from the, from the very off that look, lads, I'm not even I'm not expecting. Mag, you know, magic success. But what I am expecting is literally for everyone to work their bollocks off and 
you know, you earn my respect, then, you know, hopefully I can earn your respect as well, you know, in that, in that same department. And, you know, it, it seems to work because for the team we've got, we've stayed in the league, which, to be honest, was the priority, really, when you look at our first couple of results. And I feel like that that's how, how we have to judge it. So, obviously, what were the things for you guys? Uh, Key and obviously you as well. Um, it's your first year playing as well, isn't it? Yeah. So, for uni, that'd be quite When it came to you had done trials and you had proper training back again, what was the outline? Did coaches give you outlines for anything? or? Well, uh, obviously, you want to do your best and you want to win as many matches as possible. You wouldn't be... If you, if you don't want to do that, you shouldn't be playing football. But I think there should be, after a couple of... After you've done a couple of training sessions, you've been doing pre-season a little bit, you should, for me personally, I think each team should have to sit down with their manager and assess targets for each team. Because it, it's all well and good at the start of the season saying, we all, we've got six teams, we want every team to win the league. But uh, you've, you've got to realise some teams aren't up to the standard of other teams in leagues that are just as competitive. So you've got to sort of adapt yourself and you've got to sort of adjust your targets to how your team is going to play and how to get the best out of them really because if you walk into a team and say yeah let's win the league and a, a load of boys are like well, how are we going to manage this then like you've, you've got to sort of you've got to know your strengths know your weaknesses before you tell them what's, what the plan is what the crack is really I think you've hit the nail on the head there to be fair because yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, it's quite easy to like. Yeah, say you're gonna do it all, but I think that's something I think we could work on. To be fair, El, with uh, because a lot of the time, like you know, short, mid, and long-term goals for Luster. And annoyingly, our long-term goal, um, we we didn't really get to see it pan out. Yeah, anyway, no, but like, really, yeah, like you said, Sam as well. It's obviously the way the season's gone as well. It's yeah, things up in the air. So yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. Short, medium, long-term goals. I think each team should have their own goals for the their their own teams. And then as a club, I'm sure when Felipe gets on here next week, he'll assess the short, medium and long-term goals for the club as a whole. Yeah, Whereas the manager of each team needs short, medium term, the short, medium, long term for their each club. Yeah. Well, that's my view anyway. No, brilliant. Yeah, definitely. I think I think it's tough for teams to like. It's tough to set a long-term goal like from the off. So I think that's why it's important, as you've said, to set like, just short-term goals, almost game by game. You know, assess what you did wrong in the previous game. So like for us, I think in the fours, like just little things. Jay Cole would mention. So for for example, me at the back, me and Kian Pereira slot maybe didn't communicate slightly as much. So just a little target for the next game is I like, just make sure you talk more. Like even if it's just little talking to each other, making sure you know where you are and things. So even those little small targets for each other was quite good. It gave you a bit of a focus for each game. So I think that's what it is, just slowly building up because then you get to know the team. Then you can see they're slightly better at this. This is what they're capable of. So this is what they can do. And this is what they should be doing for the team sort of thing, really. I think, yeah, definitely. Exactly. Okay, guys, brilliant. So just before we wrap this up, obviously we talked about quite a lot of... Um, issues obviously going on in the world so if you've got any opinions on that obviously please email in to askwellis at gmail.com uh, we've also got our sims uh, welfare uh, email up and running so just keep in contact with that if, you know, obviously if there are any needs that uh, people just feel like they need to talk about everything's completely anonymous so it's all uh, safe you know as well so that you know please get you know please do get in touch because you know, no one should have to suffer in silence you know it's the whole point why things are set up to, to help you guys get through whatever you need to help uh, just jumping in on that as well with everything going on in the world right now with the stuff being posted on Instagram like you said Ben it sticks with you it does stick with you so if you see something you like on the Sims FC St Mary's football page on Instagram please like it repost it get it out there because that's the only way things are going to change if we educate ourselves to educate others so yeah yeah. Follow us. Huge, huge thank you to those who got involved sending the questions in and a, you know, a big thank you as well to uh, a big and no, no claps obviously you can't wash my hands at the moment we've got no hand sanitizer but a big big and to our two skin guests on skin, today. Uh, <laughs> thanks very much <laughs> thanks boys 
Yeah, that was good. Been a pleasure. Cheers, Anthony.